0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Jesus declared that he is the light of the world. If we are not walking with Jesus Christ today and growing to know him, we are living in darkness. It is only in Jesus that we can have spiritual light and understanding of who God truly is, as well as have a growing relationship with God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 8, And look at this incredible truth that Jesus Christ is truly the light of the world. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Monday morning here in Texas and uh, we're just loving on Jesus. Hopefully y'all just had a good weekend and uh, you're continuing to to spend time with Jesus, Uh, spending time in the scriptures, in in your Bible, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, spending time in Christian community with other brothers and sisters in Christ, spending time in thanksgiving, thanking Jesus. All of these things help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And growing in our relationship with Jesus is is absolutely unequivocally the most meaningful thing in our lives. It's the most productive thing in our lives. Um, by growing in relationship with Jesus, we'll bear more fruit for Jesus and his kingdom. As we grow to know him, we grow to obey him, and we grow to repent You know, when we make mistakes, when we fall short. Um, the deeper relationship with Jesus Christ that we have, the more that we will do all these things and will the more and more we'll will will refine ourselves in doing these things the 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 better we'll get so to speak at spending time in the bible and studying the scriptures and praying and and having times of thanksgiving and praise and worship uh, not only on sunday mornings but uh, but privately it's good to worship jesus and to praise him privately as well as it is uh, very good to, to worship and praise him publicly in church. So uh, there is nothing greater in our lives than having growing and intimate relationship with the triune God, God, the father, God, the son, Jesus, and God, the Holy spirit. I've said this before. It's important. We understand they are three separate beings. They are individual beings, God, the father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—they're all God. Uh, they're all all-knowing. They're all all-powerful, and and the meaning of life is to have relationship with God the Father and knowing God the Father as your heavenly Father and growing in your relationship with Him, growing in relationship with Jesus, God the Son as your Lord and Savior, Master and King. Uh, we're part of the body of Christ. We're part of the Bride of Christ. And having growing relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, our comforter, and our counselor. It's not, the triune God is not one being expressing himself in three different ways or manifesting himself in three different ways. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible clearly teaches we have a, a triune God, three separate beings. Um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, Thank you Lord Jesus. Today we're going to continue in John 8 and we're going to start in verse 12 and hopefully we will get through verse 24. I'm going to go ahead and pray and then I'll read it and we will get rolling. So Father we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the the holy scriptures. We thank you for our Bible Father. Father we just thank you for, for the scriptures that feed us and nourish us and help us to to know you better, Father, and to, to walk with you more deeply and more intimately. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for willingly becoming a human man for us, for living a perfect life for us, for dying a torturous death for us, and we worship you, Lord Jesus, And we thank you that you are alive and risen today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Who is your Father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. Just heavy discourse between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. Again, he's he's in the temple courts. He's teaching right by the temple. He's teaching boldly. He's being challenged by the Jewish leaders, by by the, the Jewish high priests, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And in verse 12, he says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is a very powerful uh, metaphor he uses. He calls himself the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. If you don't have Jesus Christ living inside of you today, if you're not following Jesus Christ, trying to grow to know Jesus, Jason, as we talk about every week, then Jesus' own words are that you're in darkness. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. You remember at the beginning of this book, it says that Jesus was the word and he's also the light. If we don't have Jesus Christ, again, we can't see anything. We're blind. We won't understand anything without Jesus Christ illuminating the truth for us. Without Jesus Christ illuminating the reality and the meaning of life, we cannot see anything, and we will not understand it. All 8 billion people in the world today need the light that can only come in and through Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, when you, when you humble yourself, fully well knowing that what the bible said is true that you and i are sinful sinful to the core we have a very nature of sin we we are sinful we want our own way we're selfish every rational human being knows this Um, all of us have done wrong all of us have been selfish all of us have been self-serving all of us want what's best for us this is a nature of sin the bible calls it a sinful nature. And because of that, we're separated from the triune God. That sinful nature keeps us separated from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in that place, we're in the dark. We're blind. We cannot understand spiritual realities. We cannot understand or experience God, God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. If you will humble yourself today, wherever you are in the world, throw yourself at the foot of the cross, at the feet of Jesus, confessing your desperate need of him, confessing your hopelessness and helplessness, confessing that you know Jesus is the only way for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And if you'll do that and call on him from that place, Romans ten thirteen says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you'll call on him and ask him, knowing your desperate need of him, humbling yourself before him and proclaiming, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinful person. I know I'm hopeless and helpless. And I know, Lord, that it's only in you that I can have eternal life. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I do ask you to come into my heart. And to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my trust, confidence, and faith in you alone. I cling to you alone as my only hope for the forgiveness of my sins and the salvation of my soul. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, it's in your name that I pray. It's not the words that save us. It's Christ that saves us. But That's what the scripture means when it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved in that manner, knowing your desperate need of him and running to him, humbling yourself before him. If you'll do that, Jesus will come to live inside of you in the the person of the Holy Spirit and the lights will come on and you'll, you'll get an understanding of what this is all about and why we do all that we do as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ. But without that, all humanity will remain in darkness. Without coming to Jesus in this fashion, we remain only in darkness. We have no light, no understanding, no meaning, no purpose. Because it's only Jesus. I am the light of the world. This is another statement pointing again to his deity when he uses the words, I am. You remember back in in Exodus. I think it's chapter three or four, where uh, where Moses says to to God, who who should I tell the Egyptians is sending me or the Israelites are sending me? Who should I say sent me? And God says, "Tell them I am sent you. I am who I am." Here, Jesus, I am the light of the world. Okay, again, He is God, and as God, He calls Himself the Light. Okay, Um, as God, the son, as the son of God, he is the very light to a world that's in complete and total darkness because of sin. Spiritual darkness. It's only in Jesus that we can have eyes that see and ears that hear and have spiritual light and spiritual life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. So the religious leaders are challenging him that because the Bible says, and Jesus is going to acknowledge in verse 17, he says, in your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. And here he's going to say, verse 18, I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. You remember in Matthew 3, Uh, Verse 17, uh, Jesus is baptized. He comes up out of the water and the Father testifies from heaven. John said, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son. God the Father proclaiming to Jesus and of Jesus, this is my son of whom I am well pleased. God the Father testified from heaven. People heard a voice from heaven. Um, And then in all the works Jesus does. The father is testifying that, that he's one with Jesus because all the miracles Jesus did, all the incredible miracles and the wisdom by which Jesus spoke, would not have, they would not have happened if the father wasn't with him. So in verse 17 and 18, he does meet them, so to speak, to give them no excuse that there are There are two witnesses. And so when they say here, the Pharisees challenged him, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. He is going to meet them there. So that based on the word of God, his testimony is valid, but he doesn't need another witness. Look what he says. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from and where I am going. So the scripture did say that you needed at least two men to testify to a matter for it to be valid. Jesus said, I'm not under that because I came from heaven. I am God. I'm the one who gave you that word. I'm not a man. In your own law, it's written the testimony of two men. Okay. He is full blown God. And he's also fully man. He was God. He is God that came from heaven. He always remained God. That's important. He never was God. He was always fully God. Jesus did, did shelve seemingly a portion of his deity while he lived on the earth. While he, while he walked out, you know, the, the, the plan of redemption, he always had the prerogative to tap into you know the fact that he's fully god but he he often did not do that so as to to live on our behalf right to to die on our behalf to suffer on our behalf to to go through the things that we went through so he allowed himself he didn't allow himself to oftentimes use the the divinity his divinity um so hopefully that makes sense jesus is fully god and fully man Um, And always had the prerogative to, as he sometimes used and often used, um, to tap into his divinity and to use his divinity. um, But oftentimes he did not use it. And so when he says, even if I testify on my own, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from. Uh, God, the son, the son of God willingly came from heaven for us and entered this sinful world. A world he created, a world that we as human beings, you know, just destroyed, that we went bad, we became sinful. And so now all humanity is sinful, the planet is sinful. And you see the effects of sin and death and sickness and violence and crime um, and waste and age. All of these things are are the effects of sin in the world. And then Jesus comes and enters the world. God the Son enters the world on our behalf. He created us, we, we went bad and he loved us so much that he still entered the world and lived the perfect life we should have lived. Died a perfect death, a death that we should have had to die and go to hell. And he did all this to redeem us and was raised from the dead. Um, proving that death couldn't hold it. So, um, so the point is all men needed at least two witnesses and Jesus as God doesn't need two witnesses. Does that make sense? Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from and where I'm going. Okay. I am God. I came from heaven for you and I will be going back to heaven but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. Because they don't have eyes that see Jesus, because they choose to remain in darkness, because they won't come from Christ, they have no idea where Jesus comes from. They think he came from Galilee because all they can see is you know where he, he's presently living. And so they don't believe his claims that he's the Messiah. They don't believe his claims, as he said, consistently, almost constantly. He's, he's, he's consistently proclaiming about the father sending him, the father sending him, the father sending him, that he's doing what the father has sent him to do, saying what the father is sending him to say. But they, they don't accept that. And because they don't accept him as the Messiah, they, they don't have any light. They don't have any understanding. And it's the same today in our lives. Until we come to know Jesus Christ as the, as the Savior of the world, not in a religious way, but in a relational way. Until we come to, to know Jesus, knowing him only as the, for, for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. Coming to truly trust in him. Again, not just believe in him intellectually, but truly know him as our Lord and Savior. Knowing our desperate need of him and, and, and laboring to walk with him. We, we, we don't understand anything either. Verse 15, you judge by human standards. So he's rebuking them saying that you judge by human standards. He says, I pass judgment on no one. As, as a man, Jesus wasn't there to pass judgment. As God, he certainly will judge the world. But they judge by human standards. They judged him. They didn't believe in him as the Messiah. They judged him as coming from Galilee because that's where he was uh, presently living. Even though he proclaimed to them and told them that he was the Messiah, that he was the Savior, all the miracles that he did, they were still hard-hearted. They refused to to believe in him. You judge by human standards. I I pass judgment on no one. Sixteen. But if I do judge, my decisions are right. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. That's verse 16. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So again, he's proclaiming clearly that that he is one with God the Father you can, again, see the cooperation here of the Trinity. Um, you can see that they're individual beings. Um, he's consistently been speaking about the Holy Spirit. Um, so, again, we can see the the three members, three individual members of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we see the cooperation of this Trinity in the work of Christ, in, in, in the work of redemption as Christ... Lived his life for the sin of the world. But if I do judge, my decisions are right. Because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So he's saying that again, that that he's one with God the Father. and, And any judgment they make is a correct judgment. Everything they say is correct. Obviously, they're God. Verse 17 and 18, we already talked about. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. And so now he's he's willing. He says, number one, I, I don't need another. You know, I can speak on my own because he is God and he did come from heaven. And it is his word that he's quoting. He's quoting his own word. The word of God. So. But then he goes on and says he'll meet them where they are anyway. He doesn't need to do this, but you remember in verse 17, in your own law it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. In the scriptures it says that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. So even based on the word of God, everything he's saying, he's saying is, is right and proper and true in every way, whether he says it or whether he says it in conjunction and unity with the father, it matches what the word of God teaches. And we need to trust Jesus. We need to rely on Jesus. We need to believe the words of Jesus. We need to come to Jesus so that this might make sense to us. Verse 19, then they asked him, where is your father? Now, this is an interesting question. Why are they asking this? some scholars believe that they they're being snide snide they're just uh they're being rude here uh there was a uh you know there were the the rumors of his miraculous birth and many said his miraculous birth wasn't true it was an impure birth it was it was a very insulting thing they asked him who is your father you know so they had heard these stories of the miraculous birth, but they were basically saying that, that, you know, that it was an impure birth, that your mother was impure with another man or, or impure with, with Joseph. And so it's an extremely disrespectful statement. Um, who is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. And obviously, he's talking about here, his heavenly father. And because it was, it was by the spirit of God, God, the Holy Spirit, that, that Mary was made pregnant. And so, Jesus' father is God. Um, you know, as he walks the earth, his earthly father is God. His, his heavenly father him and the Father, the Father didn't create Jesus. God the Father didn't create the Holy Spirit. They, they're all eternal. They're all God. They all have always existed. They're all outside of time. Again, three separate beings. So when he says, you do not know me or my Father, he, he's talking about it's a rebuke to them that, you know, they don't know his heavenly Father. Right? Joseph was his stepfather. And then he goes on to say, you do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. You do not know God today unless you know Jesus. If you're in any other religion, okay? Um, if you're in Judaism, if you're in Islam, if you're in uh, uh, Hinduism, if you're in Buddhism, if you're an atheism, if you're an agnostic, whatever it is, you do not know God unless you know Jesus. And if you truly know Jesus, then you do know God the Father as your heavenly Father. That's, that's just the plain teaching of Jesus Christ himself. It's the plain teaching of the, Father, of, uh, of the Bible. That if you truly know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, If you're truly trusting in him, relying on him, clinging to him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, then you do know God the Father as your heavenly Father. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and Master and King, God the Son. You know God the Holy Spirit as your guide, your comforter, your counselor. If you do not know Jesus, then no one in the world knows God, God the Father. There is no light. There is no understanding of God except in and through Jesus Christ if you knew me you would know my father also they did not know Jesus and and that's that's a very heavy statement because these are these are Jewish leaders who spent their lives and i mean in a in in a in a in a religious manner that we cannot relate to i mean giving 10 12 14 15 hours a day every day just just trying to religiously know God and walk with God and obey God. And for all of this, for all of the immense effort, they did not have eyes that see Jesus as the as the Messiah, as the only mediator between God and man. Right? Remember when Timothy told us that, that Jesus Christ is the is the is the is the only mediator, the only way to get to, to God is in Jesus. Um, No other way, no other religion, right? And And it's not even, again, it's not just someone saying I'm a Christian. It's only in Jesus Christ that we can know God the Father and by genuinely trusting in him, clinging to him, relying on him, knowing we're hopeless and helpless without him. That's what a Christian is. And that's the only way to have relationship with with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 20, he spoke these words while teaching in the temple area, near the place where the offerings were put. So again, he's speaking publicly, he's speaking boldly. They've already tried to seize him and kill him, but since it's not his time, He clearly has no fear. In John 18, you'll see that he will allow himself to be seized there. He'll allow himself to be taken because it is his time. But right now it's not his time. So it says, yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. There was a timing in the work of redemption. And Jesus was always walking toward that. It was not possible that anyone sees him before that, anyone touch him. You know, he's completely and totally on a timetable, and so are you and I. As we walk in Jesus Christ, nothing can come to us. Nothing can happen to us outside of the permissive will of God. You know, he has to allow it to happen to us. It has to get through him for something bad to happen to us. There are no coincidences. And so he's boldly teaching, he's boldly speaking, um, and, and, he's, and he's speaking the truth of what, what, what needs to be said. And yet, still, these religious leaders don't want to hear it. Verse 21, once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. He's obviously speaking about, I'm going away. He's talking about a time that he's going back to heaven. That he's going to heaven after the, the, after the work of redemption is completed, after he finishes his death on the cross and his resurrection and the, you know, and finishes the work after his resurrection of walking among the people, 40 days, he's going to be going back to heaven. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. He says, you can't come to heaven because you don't believe in me. Right. If they believed in Jesus, if they believed in him, he's speaking to them and he's telling them, you have to believe in me. You have to believe I am who I claim to be. Otherwise, Where I go, you cannot come. No one can go to heaven where God the Father is, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit is, except by believing and trusting in Jesus that he is who he claims to be, the Savior of the world, God the Son, Lord of heaven and earth. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me. And you will die in your sin. I mean, that's a heavy statement. If, if we die, and all of us one day will die, the greatest problem would be to die in our sin. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ today? All human beings are sinful. And we do not want to leave this life dead in our sin. And it's only in Jesus Christ that we can have our sins forgiven. Come into relationship with the triune God and ultimately go to heaven when we die. You notice how strong a statement is. And look what they say. It's just a ridiculous statement they say back. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that why he says, Where I go now, you cannot come? So they don't, they miss the most important aspects of what Jesus has said. And this is what people still do today. People who haven't given their lives to Jesus Christ, they, 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 they'll dismiss the 95% of the overwhelming, clear, undeniable words he spoke. And they'll want to latch on to that little 5% that, that's harder to understand or that's confusing. And, and that dog's not going to hunt. One day you and I are going to have to stand before God and only in Jesus Christ will we be able to spend eternity in heaven? Why don't they ask, what does he mean that we'll die in our sin? They don't ask that. Again, no fear of God, it's crazy. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? Just no understanding at all. Again, because they're blind. They're blind because they don't have the light. I'm going to make a point on this on this aspect of being blind and not not having the light. I was reading what uh, one scholar made a great point, and that is that you know a, a a blind person, a person that's blind that's a that's a that's completely blind. Um, it's terrible, but they can't see any light. Not not one bit of light. Can a person who's completely blind, they can't see any light at all, correct? Because they're blind. But that doesn't change the fact that there is light. The light lights up the world, right? The sun lights up the world. Light enters our our world every day and we go through these 24-hour cycles. And the light is a reality. It is a, an absolute, clear, undeniable reality. And it's a reality, even those who are unfortunately completely blind, they cannot see it. They are forever in, in, in physical darkness. But the light's a reality. And it's the same with, 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 with Jesus. Jesus is the light. And it's only in Jesus that you can have any light any understanding, any meaning, any purpose in your life whatsoever. For the billions of people that don't have Jesus, they are living in utter and complete darkness. They can't see the light, just like a naturally blind person cannot see physical light. They cannot see the spiritual light. And just as it would be ridiculous for us to take the opinion of someone who's totally blind when they say, there is no light. It's equally ridiculous for us to consider the opinions of those who are in spiritual darkness, who haven't received Jesus Christ, and yet they say, there is no light. That's what the scripture teaches. Jesus is the light, the only light, the light of the world. Without him, you're blind and in darkness. Life is meaningless. There is no purpose. You cannot see anything. And your understanding of spiritual matters is is as completely invalid as would be a totally blind man's argument that there really is no light. There isn't for him, unfortunately. And it's the same with the man in spiritual darkness. Yes, for him, there is no light. You see what I'm saying? It's, uh, we need Jesus. That's what it teaches. Um, Again, these Jews just have just unbridled disrespect. I am going away and you will look for me. I'm going away. He's going to heaven. Okay? You think they would have asked questions about, where does he mean where is he going? Where is he going? And you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? 23. But he continued. Jesus is continuing. You are from below. Wow. Look at this you are from below this is a very very heavy statement you are from below he's saying you are creatures of hell this is a a very 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 forceful statement by jesus it's interesting that jesus does not turn away from speaking the hard things And as ministers today and as Christians, we need to be willing to speak the hard things. Right, Tom? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. He's saying you're from hell. I'm from heaven. You are of this world. I am not of this world. If You'll give your life to Jesus Christ today. You too will be from above and you too will not be of this world. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, you too are from below and you too are of this world. I'm just teaching what Jesus is saying here, right? You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. He's not. The very God. Jesus is God. He created this world. Then he created humanity, us. We went bad and destroyed everything as sinful humanity. And in his his incredible love, in his incomprehensible love, May, he enters the very world he created to redeem the humanity he created. And they just continually reject him. It's a display of love beyond unreason. And he has to deal with this. And he has to deal with us. Just Lord, we just worship you and we just thank you. I mean, there's no words, Lord. Verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Romans 3.23 says that every human being is sinful and falls short of God's standard. We are all sinful. We need to believe that Jesus, who he claimed to be. Look, look at his words. If you do not believe that I am, another, 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 another phrase that he's God. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, he claimed with his own mouth to be the Messiah. C.S. Lewis famously said, We, we have no options with this man, Jesus. Either he's a lunatic like there's never been. He's a liar like there's never been invented, or he is God. He is Lord of heaven and earth. you you, You have to take Jesus seriously. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. And look, he says, Indeed, Dave. That's serious. You don't wanna die in your sins today. You wanna give your life to Jesus. We talk about it over and over and over and over and over. Wow. Give your life to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We just thank you, Father, for your love and mercy for us. Again, we thank you for Jesus most of all. Lord Jesus, we thank you that That entering that you came and entered this world that you created to give your life for for a human race that you created when we were so sinful and are so sinful, Lord. We thank you for coming and living for us and for dying for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen and we worship you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to, to lead us and guide us as we go forth now. Give us eyes that see you and ears that hear you. Help us to live out these truths to be obedient to what we learn. In Jesus name, amen and amen.